I think I have 18 Volkswagens. Um, two of these run on vegetable oil. They have Jetta motors in them and I, I make my own fuel. Um, that brown one and that stretchy green one right there, they run on biofuel. I, I think that's kind of cool. I really enjoy doing that. I enjoy the money I save and I enjoy actually doing it and I enjoy driving people around talking about it because a lot of people are interested in it. Okay. I mean, I got to say, I'm interested. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is actually our third podcast episode with Jesse V.W. Marshall, the patron saint of Broken Things from Moab, Utah. It's not surprising. Jesse's so interesting. We could have had like three more, I think. And whoever would have thought that like we would be sitting around and be like, you know, we need one more episode and it needs to be about biodiesel fuel. Is that what it's called? Biodiesel fuel? I don't really know what it's called. Is it called biodiesel fuel? I imagine it's, he's going to he's going to share us. this with us. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he uh, knows. This is a very educational episode. It really is. I mean, like if you've got uh, the fortitude, the time, the wherewithal, the smarts, you might be able to do this, too. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, thank you for tuning in to this detour episode of So You Own a VW Bus. You just scared off all of our listeners. No, no we've got smart listeners with wherewithal and fortitude. And uh, I mean, they could save money. Okay, yes. Frugal. They yes. might be frugal. Yes. Uh, no, nobody it, Nobody who owns a VW bus is actually frugal. They think they're frugal till they buy, they buy the bus. They think they're frugal. And they're like, I'm going to save so much money. that We've heard people say that. And I'm like... Oh, you're about to spend so much money. Well, I like that they're like, it's an investment for the future. And I'm like, what, is it? what future are you investing in? Like, if you have children VW who are going... VW Futures. <laughs> yeah, the uh, J-Bugs and Go Westy. Go Westy thanks you for buying a uh, VW bus. It's, uh, it's In the VW community, it's the equivalent to pork belly. I'm sorry, what? Pork belly. What are you talking about? Some people invest in pork belly. In trading places, they invested in pork belly. Pork bellies can be plural, pork belly. But these people are investing in VWs. It's the equivalent. You know what? If our <laughs> listeners didn't, if they didn't tune out, like, what? Well, we're, we're at the 220 mark right now. If, uh, if they didn't tune out already, we lost some. I have a question. Okay. Do you think that Jesse makes his biodiesel fuel from pork bellies? <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, it's super interesting the way that he actually makes biodiesel fuel. And he is going to actually, in this detour episode, uh, he gives us a step-by-step process of how he actually makes his fuel. Okay. And I hope people do stick around and listen because... It's fascinating. I think we've oversold it. Have we? Uh, I think we've undersold it. I think anybody who's listening right now doesn't realize we've actually undersold it. Yeah. The future is in pork bellies. Or biodiesel fuel. When I first started doing this, it was a lot of trial and tribulation. I started with an Isuzu diesel, just playing with it, trying to figure out how to run vegetable oil. And in the beginning, you have... In the beginning, you don't know what you're doing, so, you know, you just start putting it in the gas tank, and sure enough, it runs. 
But then, you know, a couple days later, you're stuck on the side of the road because the whole system is plugged up, got a French fry stuck somewhere, and you're screwed. And so if you want to go beyond that, you have to come up with a way of making a better fuel. So for me, making the better fuel was a series of experiments that went for probably a year and a half. First of all, if you sit the, if you sit the oil out, they come in five gallon jugs. If you sit the oil out in the sunshine and let the sun beat down on it, in about a year, it'll settle down and there'll be about 20% on the bottom that's junk and the top 80% is really clean. And if you could just take that top 80% and put it in your gas tank, you're gonna probably be okay. Probably, for a while. The trick was to learn how to accelerate that process. So instead of waiting a year and ending up with 20% garbage, which what do you do with 20% when you got 800 gallons of oil? I mean, 20% of that's a big chunk of oil, right? Can't throw it in the trash, what do you do with it? So I had to figure out a better way to do it. So I, I, I got jars and I would put vegetable oil in jars and I would put different chemicals in with the jar. And I had a, a box of them and I probably had 20, maybe 25 jars of all everything I could think of, anything you could get on the internet, anything you get at the hardware store, as putting in it as an agent to see if I could separate it faster than the year it took in the sunshine. And one day, Christy come walking out of the house with a box full of jars. It was in the middle of wintertime. And she said to me, I kept them in the house near the heater. I wanted to keep them warm. She came outside and she said to me, this has been in the house long enough. It's now yours. And she sat it on my bench. And I was kind of getting tired of the experiment because it wasn't getting me anywhere. I couldn't figure, I couldn't find anything that separated the oil. And a couple of days later, I was in the garage cleaning some shit up and I come across his box of oil and I'm picking the jars up one at a time. I'm, I'm reading them and I'm looking at them and they're totally set up like oil in your refrigerator, hard as a rock. I throw it in the trash. I pick up the next one. I look at it hard as a rock. Throw it in the trash. Went through this whole box. One of the last ones I picked up, I picked up. First thing I noticed, it was totally liquid. Like, whoa, whoa. And it had settled all down to like a millimeter. Like down to 1%. It took a year to do it in the sun down to 20%. And there was something in this jar that made this thing settle down to 1% in just a very short period of time. What's the secret, right? The secret was, and, and this makes no sense to anybody that talks, that I talk to about it, but Dawn Ultra. A drop of Dawn Ultra in a quart of oil will change the oil enough that everything heavy settles to the bottom very quickly. So knowing that process, figuring out that process, I made uh, a system over here that one, I run it through, I make 63 gallons at a time, 63 gallons in a vat, two tablespoons of Dawn Ultra. I heat it up to about 200 or about 160 degrees. I run it through a five micron filter about 300 times. Um, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, 
takes about 30 hours to make a batch, run it through the filter about 300 times. And at the same time as it's going through the filter, I have a high pressure pump made out of a Volkswagen power steering pump and run by a half horsepower Dayton motor. And I run that oil through high pressure, about 100 PSI, through a centrifugal a centrifuge. And the motive force of the centrifuge is the oil. So you pump high pressure oil into it and it spins 2000 gravities and it separates just what I was trying to do with that soap, change the gravity of the garbage to make it heavier so it would sink. That allowed me to use the centrifuge. So I throw all the crap to the edge of the centrifuge. Now at 63 gallons, I get about this much garbage out of 63 gallons. The rest is all pure fuel. Pure fuel. Woo! That fat gold. That's what I'm going to call it, that fat gold. Fat gold? Fat gold. Is it even gold? Trademark. If you say it, you owe me money. Fat gold. You owe me a nickel. I'm not giving it to you. I'm putting it in pork bellies. (laughs) You can reinvest that nickel right in the pork belly futures. Or biodiesel fuel, because it's the future. It's got to be the future. I mean, it, it, you know, it sounds simple enough, right? I mean, the way Jesse tells it, it sounds like everybody could do it. Anybody could do it. Yeah, well, guess what? What? It gets a little more complicated. I bet you didn't expect that I had another clip lined up to tell you how complicated making your own biodiesel fuel could get, huh? I could not have possibly guessed the thing that you just said. No. <laughs> word around town was that hey that crazy Volkswagen guy is making biofuel and so I started getting people that would come over here they would knock on my door just like you're doing we'd sit over here and they would ask me questions about biofuel and I knew where they were going I knew the questions were they wanted to go see how I was doing it but they were patient and they sat over here and I would kind of go through what I was doing and Eventually, I would say to them, I could see they were getting really anxious. They didn't care about us other bullshit. They just wanted to know how to do it. So I walk them over and I show them my system and they go, oh my God, oh my God. And that was the idea. I wanted them to get really excited about it. But then when I show them the system, I wanted them to say, oh shit, I can't do this. I live in an apartment. I live over here. I, I can't do this. So I would say to them, I'll tell you what. Do you have a source of oil? Yeah, my friend's the manager of Pasta Jays. He says I can get five gallons a day. I'll tell you what, you bring me that five gallons, we'll keep track of it, and I'll give you half of it back. I'll keep half, you keep half. And now I've got so many people bringing me oil that I don't ever have to go get oil. I mean, I have a surplus of oil. I probably have 800 gallons right now. Can I point out that I think he says biofuel, not biodiesel fuel? Does he use it interchangeably? I don't know. Did we get it wrong? I think we got it wrong. It makes no difference. We're not going to be able to do it. We are not smart enough, and we don't have the wherewithal or the fortitude. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds really complicated. Like he, he is like he's an engineer. I mean, it doesn't sound easy. And then also, where do you store 800 gallons of fuel? I, I mean, Utah's a big place. I was there and... Eight, uh, 800 gallons of that fat gold. 
time you say fat gold, I just picture things that are dirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I do. I my idea of fat gold is different than yours. <laughs> I guess. Wow. <laughs> let's uh, let's reconnect this to the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So actually, you know, uh, Jesse drives around. And he, he had these stretch vanigans, if you listen to the previous episodes with Jesse VW Marshall in them. Right. And they're stretch vanigans that he made himself. And he doesn't just drive them. He drives people and their bicycles around in them. Indeed. They have and, to be reliable. And I, I got to tell you, he has these conversations and he had one particularly uh, enlightening conversation. And guess what? What? We have audio of him telling us imagine that this. that's weird it's almost like we're running a podcast it's here. strange i had two guys one time i'm taking them to the mountains south of here the abajos i'm taking them about ten thousand feet up in the mountains they're going to do a two-day or a four-day hike from cathedral butte down into needles national park and we're just talking one day talking talking and the day before i had heard on npr this woman say that when you meet a stranger, you should never ask them what they do for a living because you might as well just say to them, so, hey, how much money do you make? A total stranger. You can't ask a total stranger how much money you make, but you can ask them what they do for a living, which in turn tells you how much money they make. She said conversations could get a lot better. Instead of starting every conversation by saying, what do you do for a living? You just stay away from that subject all altogether and you just make a whole new subject and get to know that person on a different level. So I'm driving them, and it's like a four-hour journey, five-hour journey, and I got all the time in the world, and I'm just talking to him. And one guy finally says to me, we're not talking about Volkswagens, we're not talking about biofuel, and I was driving my biofuel brown van right there, and he he says to me, "Um, is this thing a diesel? And I said, yeah. He said, well, a few minutes later, um, I brought up the fact that, you know, I, I make the fuel for this van. You do? Yeah. And I said, did you see on the side it says, um, powered by Milt's burger? <laughs> and he said, no. And the one guy says to me, so you should ask this guy what he does for a living. I said, okay, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm the manager of the Wesson Oil facility up in Montana. I make about 100,000 gallons of Wesson Oil a day. Really? And he said, yeah. He said, I didn't know you could run a car on vegetable oil. I said, yeah, it runs perfect. He said, you know what I drive? And I said, no, what? And he said, I drive a Jetta. I drive a diesel car, and I didn't know this? And the other guy was the chemist from the same plant. One was the general manager, and one was the chemist. So he asked me how I made it, and I told him basically what I do. And we talked about the, the stuff that settles to the bottom, and the chemist told me that's something called sterine. That's a chemical called sterine. And what that is, is a, it's like an eggshell. Every molecule of oil has an eggshell around it or it spreads out. He said, it doesn't matter if it comes from a plant or an animal. It has a sterine outer layer, a chemical called sterine. And he said, what makes the vegetable oil get or any oil get hard in the refrigerator is the fact that it's got sterine in it. If you can get the sterine out, then you can put the oil in your refrigerator and it won't set up. And he said, you putting that Dawn Ultra in there 
it attaches to that stearine and it makes that stearine just a little bit heavier. It sinks to the bottom. So I asked him, how do you do it? He told me that they heat the oil up to like 400 degrees, put it in a vacuum chamber and distill it just like you're distilling alcohol. And as it goes through the coils and it cools down, it becomes oil. And he said, I wish we could do it the way you do with two teaspoons of Dawn Ultra because the way we do it, it's very energy intense and it's a lot of work. The way you do it, you just end up with a couple spoonfuls of crap and you're done. But he said, we can't put, veg- we can't put soap in vegetable oil and make it taste bad. Okay. But that's how I learned what the sterine thing was. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was something, but what is it? Who knows? He told me they put it in asphalt. They put it in women's lipstick. There's a couple other things that, that, that byproduct is sold to other industries. So, I think that's yeah, that's the end of my oil story. I mean, I could go on about oil stories. I mean, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, so I would say that people should give this a try. Yeah, yeah. Just whip up a little centrifuge, install it in your garage. There, you're, you're probably going to fail uh, because most people aren't Jesse. But still, like, it could be an epic fail. Maybe your garage burns down. I love that you just encouraged people to do something and then told them immediately that they would fail. No, they might fail. They they will fail once or twice at least. But here's the thing. Like, are you curious? Do you want to learn? It's a little bit of experimentation. I mean, how else are you going to learn? I mean, like, failing is... Failing is succeeding. All right. Uh, I was just going to close out this detour episode by saying, like, I hope everybody learned something. But, I hope they did, too. But you're telling people, like... Give it know, a go. Give uh, it a whirl, girl. Yeah. Your HOA rules be damned. <laughs> Open up your rules are made bio, to be broken, Ryan. biofuel factory in your garage. Yeah, but maybe if you're serious about it, take a trip out to Moab and talk to Jesse. Yeah, I mean, when we when we met Jesse, we just pretty much rolled up to his place and started talking to him. And he sat down and he talked to us for an hour and a half. Once he warmed up to us, at first we had to earn his we had to earn his trust. I felt like a little, but he was Jesse's an amazing storyteller and one of the smartest people we'll ever meet. Uh, I. I regret not getting like another four hours of audio of just Jesse telling stories about anything in the world. I mean, the man made biofuel a truly interesting story. He did. And I hope that our listeners enjoyed it. So that's it, folks. That's our uh, detour for biofuel from Utah featuring Jesse VW Marshall. We hope yeah. that you enjoyed uh, this little side trip um, powered by French fry grease. And pork belly. That fat gold. Fat gold. Trademark. Yeah. You owe me a nickel. Sponsored by pork bellies everywhere. That fat gold. So dirty. Fat gold. Dirtier. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's shut off these mics. And I'm going to give you yeah. some fat gold. I've been waiting days and days. Since 2 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>